You're joining the conversation with Shortlisted, a podcast from the Greater Midwest Chapter, or GMC, of the Association of Proposal Management Professionals. We chat about proposals, the business of winning work, and nailing the shortlists in our lives. Today, our guest is Kim Sheldon from Proposal Land, and tell us a little bit about yourself, Kim. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for chatting with me today and giving a chance to get to know you a little bit more. Um, Yes, I am Kim Sheldon from Proposal Land, and I started my company about two years ago going full time as a consultant. And I chose the name because it kind of made me laugh. I thought it was sort of the worst amusement park ever, but it was also a place that some people like to spend time in Proposal Land. So um, I have made a whole career of it. After getting my degree in construction science from Texas A&M, I went out and did not build a building, but I built a bunch of stories. And in my almost 20 year career, I have worked for constructors and engineering firms and architects, some as an employee, some as consulting. And um, in that space, I've told many, many stories. Um, It kind of came about where there was so much work in the industry and construction specifically at that time when I was with corporate that I used to just at late nights wish there was one person I could pass one of these off to so I could focus on the, you know, high profile project, or I could just have a moment to rest and get to my list of things to do when there's time. And so uh, my dad used to say, if there's not a group you want to join, you might as well start one. So um, I took that to heart and Proposal Land was born. So you did work for a corporate employer prior to this, as you were mentioning. So what made you desire to branch out on your own? Um, It was the convergence of a lot of good timing things. Uh, First, I felt confident that I'd built experience enough to be able to work remote, to be able to work in a team atmosphere, but not be a member sitting in the same office as the the rest of the team. COVID was what showed me that was possible because in a construction firm's mindset, it's understandable. They don't take the project home with them. So it was kind of hard for the support services to work from home, but um, technology ramped up and um, there were just so many opportunities. I felt like we couldn't tap the brakes. There wasn't a chance to rest. I could be of use in a variety of places and not feeling behind all the time, You know, setting my own schedule and with the family having the opportunity to um, enjoy some of those moments that happen when my daughter comes home from school and that's when she's bursting with stories. And if you miss that, I see it happen at dinner. I'll say something like, hey, remember you told that story? And she looks at me and is like, what story? I'm like, that was like two hours ago. What do you mean, what story? So I'm like leading her through it. And it's I love those chances now that I have by working here at home and then controlling the flow of my schedule. So um, I felt I had the confidence, I had the connections, and um, I had the technology to make it work. So um, I'm curious, what goes on at Proposal Land? Um, so what what kind of services do you offer? Is it soup to nuts proposal management? Is it content writing? Is it storyline development? All of the above? Mm-hmm. It's a touch of all the above. Its main focus is the proposal development. So I I identify myself as a proposal lead. So I step into a client and it's a turnkey delivery of a proposal. Some of the clients are sophisticated with their technology and I can get directly into their database and servers. Others need to have a person connection that will give me their draft resume starting points. But um, we develop the um, calendar to make sure that we're going to hit the deadlines. We leave the kickoff. We 
interview the subject matter experts, we prepare the resumes, the stories. If there's boilerplate that needs to be enhanced and customized, we handle that as the technical writing, but it's not usually a start from the beginning um, because I'm stepping in to a situation. So um, the and of the proposal and is sort of the resumes, the project sheets, the interviews, the reviews, and those pieces that are um, discreet enough, they could be pulled apart, yet somebody else at the firm could lead. So I have had um, an opportunity where I worked with the graphic designer, he did all that. There was somebody at the client office that sort of handled the inner uh, internal communications. And then I was the piece that, you know, mush puppy mush, kept them on track and made sure we had the things and I could identify the details that were lacking that would really make it more compelling. And um, so we worked as a team that way. So it is um, all within, for me, the AEC, the architecture, engineering, construction world, but it could be about an airport. It could be about a water treatment plant. It could be about a school. It could be about a tilt wall warehouse. Um, it's just kind of all the things. So it sounds like you've really built this up. <laughs> so to speak. Um, so how did you find your first client and any any advice for people who might want to be um, you know, developing their own client base? Sure. Um, I have been very lucky to work with people who stayed at firms after I may have left. I had a couple um, five or six year positions at different companies and some of those folks stayed. And so now they're the decision makers. And uh, my very first client, when Proposal Land was newly hatched, was actually the firm I had left most recently. And when I exited, they were wonderful. And we worked through, you know, if I wanted to come and help, would I would I be open to that? Did they feel that was okay? And um, there was a client that was a larger pursuit we had worked on the year before, and a second package came out. And they were like, you know this client, you know the team, you know, you... It's not a phase two, but it was it was relevant enough that they said, you know, we would love this. Do you want to try this? And so they actually were my little training wheel baby steps. Um, what was kind of funny is I knew so much about them having just left them that it was very much I felt like I was still an employee, even though I was a contractor at that stage. And I have had the luck in just the last month of working with them again. And I just see how different in the two years that I have been exposed to so many other things and I know what I'm bringing now is different than what I brought then and what I brought then they thought was great. So it was, um, it does build on itself, but, um, but I was lucky to work with my past employers and then um, the other clients I have, it's kind of a fun game. I know um, there's that phrase, like everybody's connected to Kevin Bacon, like seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. I have either known the people who are reaching out to me or within one or two people, I'm like, golly, so what groups are you a part of? Because I'm trying to figure out how they found me. And I do have social media presence, but I don't think you're going to find a person necessarily um, solely from that. So I think that adds to it, but I don't know. And so it's kind of fun that I had one that I had to go kind of deep. And then we figured out what the connection was. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> It's, it's strange because coming up later when we're talking about best thing that happened to you this month, I'll be talking about um, something that involves me being like maybe two degrees from Kevin Bacon. That's a fabulous foreshadowing. Thank you. So, Heather, what else would you like to know from Kim? Okay, so I, I get to ask the hard hitting questions. Yes, go, so, go, go. You know, Kim, if I recall correctly, you are 
a Midwesterner by by birth, Nebraska, Chicago area. Um, you know, you moved down to to Texas and are part of the Lone Star chapter down there. So let's let's talk about Texas. What's your favorite thing? What's your favorite food, more importantly? And also, do you ever consider Texas part of the Midwest? Because I have heard this theory before, and I'm curious your thoughts on it. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, Yes, I am originally from Nebraska, and I am someone who returns to Nebraska regularly. His family is still in Omaha and Lincoln. And I was in Branson, Missouri a few weeks ago for a long weekend visiting an aunt. And so... I definitely have my ties there. And for my birthday, I chose to go to Portillo's, which recently opened near me. And that's a Chicagoland favorite. And so I had to get a beef sandwich because you do. So um, <laughs> so obviously food is something that I'm so glad you asked about because I'm all about that. But um, I would say that Texas, um, the thing I like the most about Texas for me is like you could say cost of living and opportunities, but really it's the fun stuff. So for me, it's family, food and football. And um, I have my brother settled here with his family and we have extended family through my husband's world. And so um, the food I think of for Texas, there's Tex-Mex, but I think of barbecue. And my husband mm-hmm. smokes briskets and uh, pulled pork and some of those things. And so brisket tacos, I will say, will be the melding of the Tex-Mex and the Texas type of barbecue. So um, I think that's a huge uh, hugely underrated food. Lots of places may have it, but each one has a spin on it. So um, that is wonderful. And I would say I cannot see Texas as part of the Midwest. I um, <laughs> I just, there's, there's a mindset different about being in Texas. Like, I swear any small child here could draw the state knows exactly what it looks like kind of thing. And being from Nebraska, I know where we were in the world, but like, I don't feel like it has that same um, connection. Texas is kind of its its own. And when people talk about it being part of the Southeast, I also kind of cringe and think, is it though? I mean, is it? So um, Texas likes to be independent, I think. And therefore there's kind of that feeling about it. But I, I break through those barriers and still go back all the time to visit the Midwest. So. Yeah, there's a difference between ranch dressing in the Midwest and what ranch dressing is down in <laughs> Texas. Yes. <laughs> Kim, what was the best thing that happened to you this month? Um, professionally, the best thing that happened is I did sign up to take my practitioner exam. I have been putting that off a little bit, squinting at it after getting the foundation certification, but wanting to get the practitioner. And I just finally decided to do it. And I set that up and then immediately went out in the backyard and went to my garden. Our seasons are very different here. And I also immediate like instant gratification girl. So I want to be able to plan it all out and then celebrate on my timeline. And uh, mother nature doesn't work that way. So what I went out there to find is I already have like three and a half foot tall tomato plants that have tomatoes growing on the vine and a peppers growing. And I'm thinking salsa, you know, again, the food, mm-hmm. um, zucchini, like it's Jurassic Park. I, I think it's fabulous. And the blackberries have come in, but they haven't turned color yet. So we're just going to have smoothies and salsa is what I can tell. But uh, the best thing would be that that was put in motion a few weeks ago. And then after doing something, I was able to celebrate by going outside and seeing um, the rewards of that early effort. Well, there's a metaphor there because you built your actual proposal land from the ground up. So 
you know. I did. And they, I've heard that, you know, the Nebraska try, uh, tie in there as well, because I've heard all farmers are optimists because you would never, of course, plant thinking it's never going to grow because that would not make sense. So I think there's just that bit of getting back to my roots where I can uh, put those things in the ground and then enjoy the growth. There you go. Well, let's let's give advice to to one of our members. So, dear GMC, is your opportunity to submit questions and get answers from people like us. So, dear GMC, I've been weighing taking on freelance work or maybe starting a side consulting business for now. My company is open to it as long as I don't work for a competitor. But with my workload, I don't think I can do both. Um, I've been thinking about maybe just taking the plunge and moving to consulting full time. I'm wondering if maybe there's a way that I could work with my current employer and become a consultant instead of a full time employee. Do you think it's possible to spin it as a benefit for them or to make that switch without burning bridges? Sincerely, Connie Saltant. So, Kim, sounds like you've had experience with this before. Do you have any advice for Connie? Yes, I do. I would tell Connie that um, working into the belief of abundance, there is a lot of work out there and um, plenty of room for additional consultants to join the market, depending on what industry, you know, you may have ups and downs. Um, your question about being able to exit gracefully without burning a bridge, I, in my experience, did something very similar where I decided it was just time for me. It was time for my family. I was ready to grow in a different direction. I wanted to control my schedule, all the things. And all of it required boundaries and transparency. So when I had worked through trying to adjust my days better where I had been um, in the corporate world, I explained to my supervisor, you know, there was a pinch I was feeling and I really had nobody to pass it off to and things weren't able to be changed. They were moving on to other things. Um, and I felt this is my chance to speak. I spoke up and now it was time for me to move because of my needs. So the um, way I exited was by explaining exactly that. It was, there was no hard feelings, but it was just time. But I real I loved the people there. I still do. I still go to coffee with them. Like I enjoyed them and I would be happy to work with them. And I know what it feels like to be overwhelmed and have those nights where you just wish there was one more person. And I wanted to be that person. So that is how I exited in a way that I communicated to them. I was definitely open to it. Um, we'd have to figure out logistics, all those things. But um, the moonlighting for me, I don't know how I could have done it um, either because I couldn't control my deadlines and workflow there as well as I can now. So it would have had to have just been pick up, put down kind of longer term assignments that could get ignored. And there are some needs for that, too. So people just have some long plays that they're looking for something to change in the future, but it's not an eminent now. So um, I say look into the people, you know, and what they might have going on. But Connie, I think you go for it, girl. There's room for you, too. <laughs> Paul, what are your thoughts? Well, there are pros and connies on this whole issue, I'm sure. Connie's um, a pro, too. Come on. Come on. She clearly true. she's got her yes, stuff together. And there are pros named Connie. <laughs> um, but you need to, I would say, make sure it is the right move for you. Um, it might be difficult to see a future where you don't necessarily have a regular paycheck, where you don't have benefits that are covering your health insurance or you're having to do that yourself and so on. 
But then, you know, setting all that aside, if you say, yes, this is what I want to do, then consider taking a look at busy season versus non-busy season. And obviously your current employer is paying you full time for the entire year, but maybe there are times during the non-busy season that you're not busy doing major, major projects, right? So if you do some of the math in advance and kind of say, okay, here are the number of hours they might have to pay me as a consultant during non-busy season, the number they'd be paying for me during busy season, add it all up, multiply by whatever is the appropriate amount and say, okay, how does that compare to what you're currently paying me as a full-time employee? They can estimate the benefits themselves and the value of that. But I think once they kind of do the comparison, they may say, yeah, we can still have you for all those really crucial times, but you can do other things for other people, make some more money, and it's not necessarily going to be a downside for us. And I think if they kind of look at the uh, the bottom line, it may be a positive thing from their pan vantage point as well as yours. Yeah, Paul, I think, right, like you're using all of your proposal skills in order to kind of, you're almost putting together a proposal to them about why this would, would benefit them. Um, and, you know, Kim, I heard you too talking about like leveraging your network and, and seeing what kind of work might be out there. That would be you know, the, the one thing that I would say to Connie is I, I couldn't quite tell from from the nature of the question whether the thought was, you know, could my employer be my primary um, contract? And, and I would just, you know, caution you that as soon as you're an independent contractor, they don't have any obligation to use your services. Right. So you just you wouldn't want to put all of your eggs in that basket. But I think as long as you're thinking of, of diversifying um, and and taking on on different um clients and and again like you know as paul was saying like thinking about your personal situation and and all of those different factors um you know there's there's definitely room for that and you know finding that way to 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 maximize your life and and taking that leap might be a really great move for you so so if we're now on your final list of podcast favorites we'd love to hear from you Submit your Dear GMC question or any other question or suggestion to info at gmcapmp.org. To all those winning business out there on behalf of me, Heather, and all of us in the greater Midwest chapter, will GMC you next time on Shortlisted. As a reminder, the advice and thoughts shared in this podcast are for entertainment purposes only. Please use discretion and common sense as you navigate your own careers and lives. We wish you the best and appreciate you listening. 